This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays here on the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer, getting you ready for some week 17 action. It is our most jam-packed Sunday of the season. We got 15 games on Sunday, no Thursday, one Monday. We're loading them all up on Sunday. We are headed toward the postseason. Raheem, the playoffs are just around the corner. You getting excited yet? I am excited, but I, I think I'm more so. I just want the regular season end because you're starting to see with this extra week, it's starting to drag. Obviously, you have all this COVID stuff going on, so it's throwing a monkey wrench and everything. It's like we're all we're excited about that extra week 18, but it's like, come on, man. Like, let's get into it. Let's get to the serious games. Yeah, it does seem like these new COVID rules will lighten the COVID mess a little bit, getting some guys back on the field. It does make our jobs a little trickier, though, because suddenly we got like all these Colts guys that might sneak back in the lineup. Uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, don't forget, if you haven't yet, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Apple and Spotify now you can do that. So make sure to give us the five stars there. Odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. And like usual, today we're going to do our three marquee game breakdowns and we'll do matchups and analysis. We'll get to our best bets and then we'll hit the look ahead at the end. One last look ahead before we get to the postseason. Let's get down to business and make some picks. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So our games are split up this week. We got one early, one late afternoon, one in the evening. Starting early, looking at the AFC one-seed race. The Chiefs and the Bengals, both still alive for the one-seed. The Bengals can win out, get some help from the Chiefs losing next week, and possibly still get there. Bengals win the division if they get the win here. They're not even necessarily a playoff team yet. The Chiefs, we gave them up for dead. They're back. They're rolling now. Chiefs minus five in Cincinnati. What are you thinking about this game, Raheem? I love the Chiefs in this spot. I mean, I absolutely love this team. Look, the Chiefs have been rolling. They've won eight in a row, six against the spread. We're a far cry from the team who just couldn't cover the number for nearly a year. I mean, this this Chiefs defense has just been absolutely dominant lately. They're only giving up 14.5 points per game over the last 10. And when you look at the other side of the ball, that's where the, the handicap really, really kicks in. This Bengals defense really can't stop any, anybody who's good. They're 14th in football outside of his defensive DVOA, despite playing the 14th ranked schedule of opposing offense. So when you look, they gave up 34 points to the Jets. They gave up 41 points to the Browns, and they gave up 41 points to the Chargers. The, the 49ers pretty much got anything that they wanted on them. So anytime they're playing a good offense, they're in trouble. And you got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They're all back in the lineup. The Chiefs have found something. They're going to be able to do whatever they want on this Bengals defense. Yeah, Kelsey should be back. Tyreek Hill played last week, but was mostly a non-factor. I think he played like 40-some percent of the snaps and they rolled anyway. It didn't even matter against the Steelers, who are still possibly 
you know, the Steelers are in this division with the Bengals and they still could win this thing. I'm with you on this. I like the Chiefs a lot here. The Bengals on the season have faced the league's weakest schedule overall. Number 32 strength of schedule at Football Outsiders and especially the Bengals offense. That's who's facing just nobody on defense. They have only faced all season four teams in the top 20 DVOA defensively. Four in the top 20. So they have 11 games against the bottom 12 teams. There's seven and four in those games, 30 points a game in those four games against the top 20 defense, which the Chiefs clearly are at this point. They're two and two, 20 points a game. So 10 points less. They got blown out by the Browns. They had three toss-ups. I think the Bengals were giving them a little too much credit here. If you look at the schedule, yeah, the Bengals blew out the Ravens. They blew out the Steelers. They blew out the Lions and the, the Raiders. Those are not necessarily great teams. They're not terrible teams other than the Lions, but they're not necessarily the most impressive wins. And I wonder, is this team good or is this just the best team in the worst division? Maybe outside of those games, the Bengals have six games within a field goal. They have seven one score games. They had a one score game against the Bears, the Jaguars, the Broncos, the Jets. They're going wire to wire fighting to get wins against these teams. They got blown out by the Browns and by the Chargers. This is a team where if it looks good, it's really good. We saw last week, Joe Burrow could have thrown for a thousand yards if he wanted, but when it's not good, it's really not good. And I think the Chiefs are a much better team here. Yeah, we're on the same page here. The Baltimore Ravens didn't have their starting two quarterbacks and they still gave up 21 points to this team. The Ravens actually, they were in it for the first quarter. And, and obviously at some point, talent takes over. But Josh Joshua was 28 of 40 for 304 yards and two touchdowns. Like, what is Patrick Mahomes in a better offense going to do? I just think it's a really bad spot for the Bengals. I think it says a lot that this line is five and a half and it's come down. Because to me, what would this line be if they didn't blow out the Ravens last league? They lost to the Jets and the Browns. Like, what are we saying? Yeah, it's. This is a spot where you've got to zoom out and think, what if this game was at a different spot on the schedule and not the game right after that big Ravens win? What if it's right after that Jets loss or the Browns blowout? What if it's any other spot? The Chiefs, you know, other than that, like one month where it went really bad, the Chiefs have been playing good ball again for a long while now. Move this around in the schedule and this line goes, you know, like what would this line have been before the season for that matter? And the Bengals have been much better than we thought, but yeah, this is a spot where it's a, it's a sell high on the Bengals. One way that Cincinnati could hang in here that I'll keep my eye on, I noticed the turnovers battle. We saw that early on with the Chiefs. First seven games when the Chiefs went three and four, they forced only seven turnovers, so one per game. They turned it over 17 times. We remember Patrick Mahomes had the worst luck in the world, like all those red zone turnovers. Since then, Chiefs have won eight in a row. During the eight wins, 21 turnovers forced only eight turnovers given up. So now they're only turning over once a game, forcing almost three per game. So, you know, we know the turnover battle is huge. That's true of every football game ever. If the Bengals can keep the ball and not turn it over, going to be a loud home crowd at the jungle. That's, I think, the path for staying in this one. But yeah, we're on the same page. We're both on Chiefs. This is a playoff game. And we know the Chiefs show up for playoff games. We know what we're going to get from them. We don't know yet from the Bengals. We don't know yet against a genuinely, really, definitely good team. And I'm just going to have to see them do it before I can give them the respect of my money. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think we can move on to the next game. We got the Cardinals versus the Cowboys. I'm really excited about this one. Obviously, I am a Cowboys fan. We're coming off that major, major win against the Washington football team. We probably put up the worst performance of the season. So what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so Cowboys, this is another one. This was at five and a half, only this one's moving the other way. This one is up to six now for the Cowboys. So the public is coming in on Dallas here. No surprise. Dallas is 11 and three against the spread on the season. That leads the NFL. You know, the public is making a lot of money this year because the Cowboys and the Packers, the most public of public teams, just cannot lose against the spread. And this, to me, is, is not about the matchup. We'll get to the matchup part two. This is just an absolutely classic buy low, sell high spot. This is, again, just what we talked about. Dallas just blew out Washington in a game where they literally could not have had it go more their way. They had a defensive touchdown. They had a punt block touchdown. That, that punt, I never seen the guy before get so far past the line. He literally volleyball spiked it. Like you go out with two hands. No, no. He's like, no, nah, I'm just here. I got one hand. I'm just going to spike the ball down and grab it. They just had everything go right. And Washington has everything go wrong with all the COVID stuff. But I don't know, is the Cowboys offense really back here? So Dallas has won four in a row now, but all four have been against backup quarterbacks. Saints, Washington twice, and the Giants. And I know, wait, Tyler Heineke was back. Wait, he's still the backup. Fitzpatrick was supposed to be their quarterback. So before those four games, they had lost three out of four. And Dak Prescott's numbers have been really not great since he came back from that injury. I'm not convinced that the Cowboys offense really is back. Of course, we know the Cardinals have not been playing very good football, but this is just a spot to me where the Cardinals really can't be much worse than they have been. It's still a talented team. There's still a lot of talent over there and the Cowboys are flying high. It's this big Sunday night national TV win. There's too many points to me. This line feels inflated. I think it should have been around a field goal and it's just going up, up at this point. So I'm leaning toward the Cardinals here. I do think from a numbers perspective, you see this number, and it's very similar to what we said last week against the Indianapolis Colts. This is a great number spot for Arizona. But last week, they went out there and they laid the egg. My numbers actually put this at around five, so it's tough to back the Cowboys in this spot, but I think I'm going to do it. Look, we spoke about Cliff Kingsbury and his struggles towards the end of the season. Before week eight under Cliff Kingsbury, this Cardinals team is 15-5-1. After week eight and later, the Cardinals are eight and 19. And I think when you look at the matchup, there's some problematic things and some advantages for the Cowboys. First and foremost, the Cardinals are 19th in rushing success rate. Since J.J. Watson out, this is not the same defense. You look at the offense, they completely sputter. They, they're ranking in the bottom five in the NFL in points per play during their losing streak, the three-game losing streak. They have 30 points against the Detroit Lions. Um, they're in the bottom 10 in and points per play allowed over that span. So it's just sometimes the public wins. And you look at these last three losses, the Rams were playing good football. Like the Rams came into that game with the losing streak on their own. The Lions, I mean, I know they're playing solid football, but we're talking about the Lions. And Carson Wentz really hasn't been playing good football as well. So I'm concerned about this Cardinals team. I'm going to be honest. I think they're cooked. And Sometimes you have to know, like sometimes you kind of have to throw out the full season numbers and, and recognize, you know what, this team isn't what they were earlier on in the season, and maybe we need to start fading. And I think we saw like a good example is probably the Carson Palmer 
Arizona Cardinals towards the end of their reign. They started off the season really hot, and you could just see after Carson Wentz's finger injury, they just never were the same. And I think that Cardinals team reminds me of this one. So for me, I'm I'm looking to play the Cowboys or pass. I really can't argue with any of that logic. I, if you look at if you look at on paper, the Cowboys are just the better team right now. That defensive line is so good, as good as any unit as there is in football right now. And like somebody just asked me, you know, last week at the Christmas dinner, my family asked me, who's gonna win the Super Bowl this year? I said the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a legitimately Super Bowl contender. I'm just playing the number here. And I'm just, I, my gut says this is a spot, and I've gotten better at this even this season. This is a spot where you look and you think, yeah, Dallas is going to win this game. Dallas is just, they're playing well. Arizona's fading. All the stuff you just said. I don't disagree with any of it. And it's just, who wants to take Arizona in the spot? Though As awful as they're looking, as good as Dallas looks, and that's for me just why my gut says you got to do it. You got to take Arizona. So road dogs this season under a touchdown, 67% cover rate. Teams who covered by 26 or more points their last game, 44% cover rate. That's the Cowboys. So that that's pointing towards some inflation. Teams like the Cardinals who have lost three and failed to cover all three of them in a row, 55% against the spread the next game. These aren't huge trends. But all the trends point to the same gut feeling I have, which is it just feels a little inflated. And especially with the line moving that way. Last one, Cliff Kingsbury. We dump a lot on Cliff. Uh, we will do it again. Cliff as an underdog, 17-7-2 against the spread. 71% cover, 5-0 this season against the spread and straight up. 5-0 on the road as an underdog this season. Kingsbury underdog teams have won 10 of the last 14 underdog spots outright. I don't think I will play the money line here. I do have to play the plus six just because I'm just playing the number and the spot. And I just feel like despite all the things that we agree on, I just have to play the number here and hope that I'm reading the number right. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. From a numbers perspective, it makes all the sense of the world. I just think this team is completely cooked and they're not a team that I really <laughs> want to be back in. To me, yeah. when I look at the Cowboys, they play the Philadelphia Eagles next week. That's the spot where I think I'm be more interested in fading. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, from your team to my team, we had the Sunday night. My Minnesota Vikings fighting for their lives against the Green Bay Packers. Big division rivalry game. Again, this is the one where the line is moving a little bit. Just today, it's moved up to minus seven at most boards. So I want to start here. We talked with the Packers. We've done a lot of Packers games on this Friday spot. We talked about their home field advantage. You've got them as the biggest home field advantage in football. I think you said about four and a half points. So I, my metrics make these teams not so far off from each other. We've said all year and for seasons in a row, the Packers continue to like sleep with the Angels and just get all these close wins. But the metrics show a team that's a little flawed. So even if you count in the extra Packers home field advantage, is this line right to you or are we giving Green Bay too many points here? I think this line is right for no other reason than the fact that the Vikings just put Adam Thielen on IR. And that's a really, really, really big loss. Um, we can't say enough about him. Justin Jefferson is great, but you got to have that other receiver on, on the other side. I do think there are some advantages the Vikings have, obviously, with their ability to run the ball and their conservative nature. We saw last week 
the Cleveland Browns ran the ball at will over this team. And that's something that the Vikings could do, which could put them in a good position. But I don't know what to make of this Kirk Cousins in primetime situation. He's, he's truly struggled. If you look at his primetime record on Sunday Night Football, he's just four and four. He's two and nine on Monday Night Football, at three and four on Thursday Night Football. At three primetime games this season, he has 162 passing yards per game, 54% completion percentage, five TDs, three interceptions, 73.6 passer rating. I don't know what to make of it. Um, obviously, that could be noise, but that's something that's plagued him throughout his career. The big thing in this matchup is that this game is expected to be five degrees at kickoff. And the yeah. average passing game over the last eight years in single-digit weather or colder is 16 completions, 160 yards, and zero touchdowns. So when you hear, that, when you hear those numbers, that, that kind of makes you think, you know, maybe we should be taking – the Vikings with the seven points, but I'm, I'm really skeptical. Yeah, that's interesting. The weather, to me, you hear that weather in those passing stats, and it makes me think, okay, so then we got to look closer at the run game, and that makes me feel good as a Vikings fan because the Packers' run defense, we know, has been very leaky all season. We've talked about who are the teams that we want to see face the Packers a spot in the playoffs, and it's, the, it's those run-centric offenses. Dalvin Cook is back, so... Dalvin Cook this season, I noticed twice he's missed a game. When he comes back after a missed game with that extra little week of rest, here's his game after he missed one. Against Carolina, 29 carries, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Against Pittsburgh, 27 carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns. That's his two best games of the season. And just a a little bit of extra juice in the legs with the extra rest. So that could be big here. Aaron Jones plays in this one. He missed the first game between these teams. That game, like every Minnesota game this year, the Vikings took the early lead. They gave up the lead. Packers battled back and had the lead late. Minnesota drove for the long touchdown, took the lead. The Packers immediately got the long touchdown to MVS. And then the Vikings had the walk-off field goal. I was leaning over here. That game was 34-31, 65 points. Uh, looking at the, at the last times these teams have played, so the Vikings this season... 10 out of 15 games have had over 46 points. Packers have been 46 or more in their last five. However, the cold weather puts a damper on that for sure. We know that that tends to make the scoring go down a little bit. The Packers, though, this just feels like an inherently flawed team to me. Over the last six games, Packers are number 27 in EPA per play defensively. For the season, they're dead last on special teams on DVOA. It's just, it's a team that they make the plays, they're getting the wins, but we just, we know from history that doesn't last. And like, it looks more and more, unfortunately for me in my Tom Brady position, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Rodgers is awesome. Rodgers is probably going to win it and should win it. The last MVP to win a Super Bowl was Kurt Warner in 1999. When you're the MVP, part of what it means to be the MVP is that your team is a little flawed and the MVP has to be good enough to get you over the hump. And I just think in a game like this against a talented Minnesota team that is fighting for its season, fighting for its coach, maybe, they seem to really go out and fight in these Zimmer games where they're a spot against the back against the wall. And that's where those flaws come through. And at plus seven, we only need a one-score game here. The Vikings have in one-score games 14 out of 15 for the season. So I just I have a hard time seeing Minnesota get blown out in this game I think it's a great spot to take the plus seven here. 
Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. And I think we we listed all the reasons we between the weather, between the run game, and just the Packers being flawed. I think they were lucky to escape that that game against Cleveland with the victory. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that Baker threw four interceptions. If Kirk can play a clean game, they could possibly win this game outright. I'm personally not touching it just because I'm kind of off the Vikings. I was the king of the Minnesota Vikings betting syndicate earlier this season, but I'm off of it now just because I just think this team has tailspin. After the 49ers game, it's just it's tough to trust this yeah. team. We saw it last week against the Rams. They probably should have covered that game, but it's just I, I'm done with them. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. And I will say this, the Vikings, I've said it, this is my team. I think that I have the worst record against the spread picking Vikings games of any team. I pick every game for the season. I think the Vikings are my worst team. So maybe the real thing to do is just watch for my Vikings pick and, and fade my Vikings pick here. But I, I just think this is a spot to fade the Packers. A couple of things, a couple more trends here. You mentioned the Kirk Cousins and primetime trends. The trends are, are coming back to even a little bit. Kirk started out 7-15 and 15 against the spread in nighttime games. Four out of the last five, he's covered now. So he's starting to show up in some of those spots. Another thing, too, it feels like in this, in this game, the rivalry, if you, if you just think who's, who's winning this rivalry, it seems like the Packers are dominating this rivalry. However, Minnesota had won only two of 12 games against the Packers about a half decade ago. But since then, out of the last 12, Packers have only won four times out of those 12 games, including one out of the last four at home. So the Vikings are getting the job done. Mike Zimmer's team, like Zimmer's defense, even when the defense is flawed, seems to have some answers against this team to show up. Uh, I, I do expect a lot of points. Jefferson, Packers don't really have an answer for him. The Vikings haven't had an answer for Devonte Adams for, for years now. So this feels like a game that's going to be close late. I think the Vikings are going to have a shot. So I'm going to take the seven. Plus 250 on the money line. I'm going to have to play that a little bit too. I think this is a close game. And boy, if it's close, you got to want Aaron Rodgers at home in Lambeau. You got to think the Packers pull out the win with your MVP. But there's a lot at stake for Green Bay here. You're fighting for the one seed. You need the win here. So it's, it's a spot that I like the Vikings. Hopefully my track record on Minnesota this season is wrong. So that way I can enjoy a good Vikings game with my family and get a good one Sunday night. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I would feel better about it if Thielen was out there. Obviously, yeah. Jair Alexander, actually, we don't know if he's going to play, but he's actually been activated from injury reserve. So he actually has been practicing. So that's, that's really that'd be huge. Yeah. That'd be huge for the Packers. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Thielen, I think, eight for 82 and a touchdown the first game. He's the security blanket. So Jefferson's the big play guy, but you want to have your options against the Packers. I certainly feel much better if Thielen was out there, but uh, we'll see. I like the Vikings. We'll see if my guys can pull it out. Uh, Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors before we make a few more picks. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. 
BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. Best bets. Again, like usual, just a quick radio version of these. You can read more, uh, see our videos and articles and everything. Check out the app. Raheem, what's your first best bet for week 17? Look, I'm going to go with the Washington football team plus three and a half. They've been ravaged by COVID-19. Obviously, last week, they probably played the worst game I've seen any team play this season. And a couple of weeks ago, they, they had COVID losses against the Eagles. They were missing guys on both sides of the ball. They didn't have the starting quarterback. And they still played this Eagles team relatively tough. I think you mentioned it in your article. The Eagles will be without Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts is still a little banged up. He only ran twice last week. Look, the Eagles, they, they dominated the Giants. It's not like they beat anybody good. This look-ahead line was Washington football team minus two and a half. So I don't know how in the world you get to the Eagles laying almost four points on the road. Look, teams who lose by 35 or more are 67, 40, and 5, 63% against the spread since 2003. I got to back this trend. I almost took the Eagles on the look ahead. I mentioned them last week when we were doing the pod. I like the Eagles to get the win here. It's a rough spot, though. I'm with you on this. The more I looked into it, I ended up picking Washington to cover here. It's too many points. And it's just, it's the line has moved too much from what it was even a couple of weeks ago when these teams played Washington. We got to throw out a little bit of the recent numbers with the way that they've been missing their COVID guys. They're all back now. So I think it's the right number to play in a division game. Washington's still in the playoffs too, or in the hunt. So I like that one. I'm going to take a risky pick here. I'm going to go with Miami plus three and a half in Tennessee. And I know it is a spot that a lot of us, even at Action Network, are looking to fade Miami after the seven-game win streak. I'm looking to fade Tennessee. If you look at the last six weeks, Titans offense by EPA, 29th in the NFL, 29th passing offense in that span. The Dolphins are number two defensively, number one against the pass. And I know they haven't played anyone. They haven't played any good quarterbacks, any good passing games. They're still not. Ryan Tannehill, not good. Ryan Tannehill has not been good this season. He's a turnover machine. We know the Dolphins bring huge blitz pressure. I think that's going to lead to more turnovers. This is Tannehill's first game against Miami. You know, that was his team for so long. And I think that they're going to have something special for him here. These teams are both fighting for position. The Titans are still in the race for the one seed. Get out of here. The Titans are not the one seed. Uh, Tua's playing well. I, I trust Tua more than I trust Ryan Tannehill right now. I don't trust him a ton, but given the two... I just think the Titans are going to lose the passing game on both sides of the ball. Miami during the seven game win streak, 11.7 points per game allowed. So I think it's probably a low scoring game. 
I don't love Miami here to get the win, but at plus three and a half, I'm, I'm just going to take the cover. I'm not going to play the money line, but I think we got a shot at even like a two or three point game here. Even if the Dolphins lose, they might still cover. So I'm going to go on a limb and taking Miami. I don't like this one. I'm sorry. I can't get there with you. I'm actually, I think I may be on the other side of this one. I mean, the Dolphins just, you said they haven't played anybody, but they played the Texans, the Ravens, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets, the Saints. A Saints team that was, had Ian Book and two, two backup offensive tackles. I mean, these teams are 29th, 19th, 26th, 28th, 27th, 26th, and 14th in DVO way. The only team that's top 18 is the Saints. And like I said before, they're starting a backup quarterback, third-string quarterback, and just missing their tackle. So, look, this Miami Dolphins team really, really struggled against the Jets. And I think it's actually, when you look at the Titans, a lot of their EPA numbers were misleading because they were missing A.J. Brown in a lot. And you could see the difference in their passing game against the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, one of the big things that they have in their advantage is they still run the ball. And I know Derrick Henry isn't out there. But they're still capable of running the ball. We've seen this team put up 200-yard rushing days even after Derrick Henry was out of the lineup, and the Dolphins can't stop the run. So I think this is a situation where you're selling high on the Dolphins and you have a good spot for the Titans. They had a Thursday night when they got extended rest. You got the Dolphins on short rest. I love the Titans in this spot. I think – I think this is the ideal spot to finally sell high on this Dolphins team, which has been beating up really, really bad competition. Yeah, I get it. I, I get all of that. I think that uh, Stucky and Raybon love the Titans in this spot as well. I think Simon on the Favorites podcast is on the Titans. It looks like this is a public underdog spot for the Dolphins too. So I guess I'm back. I'm back going square. I'm with the Dolphin public on this one. You know, you mentioned all the DVOAs for the teams the Dolphins have faced. You didn't mention the Titans. They're in that same range of teams that are not very good. The Titans are not even top 20 in DVOA. So I just, I don't think this team is very good. I just think the Titans kind of stink. I think that's not a great team. Uh, they're not even locked into the playoffs yet. I wouldn't be shocked personally if the Titans lost this game and lost to the Texans and maybe still miss the playoffs or drop out of the division race. So I just, this is a bet on Miami a bit, but it's a chance to fade Tennessee where I've been looking for chances for that. That game Thursday night against the, the 49ers, they had no business being in that game. They were they looked out of it. They should have been down by like 24 at the half, and the Niners gave that one away. I think to me that is buying us some value on Tennessee by saying, oh, look, the record's still good here. So I'm on a limb. I'm going Miami. What's your other best bet for this week? Look, I'm, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus 13 and a half. I gave this out the other day. Didn't have Mike Evans, didn't have Chris Godwin, didn't have Leonard Fournette. Still scored 30 points on a better defense. Now they got to face the Jets. Dead last in EPA per play, 30 of a success rate. And I think the more important thing is, even without these guys being necessarily healthy in the secondary, Zach Wilson is going to struggle against this defensive line. QB rating under pressure, 46.3. Turnover-worthy throw rate, almost 4%. I mean, look, Ty Bowles is going to blitz Zach Wilson into oblivion. Tom Brady has owned the Jets for God knows when. So I'm laying a 13 and a half. I, I, I think it's one of those spreads. It's probably a little bit too short. So I can't join you on this one. And it's because Tampa is on the road here. We know the Bucs have struggled on the road all season, really both years with Brady. They just haven't been a great road team. 
And then just looking at the trends, home dogs of 10 to 14 points, like the Jets are here, 56 and 42 against the spread. So 57% cover rate. December or later, those home dogs are 63% cover rate. So we've got we've got four games, I think, this week with a huge favorite. The Bucs are the team I'm fading in the group. I don't think the Bucs are going to lose here. Tom's going to beat the Jets. But just Tampa, to me, I think is just going through the motions and getting to the playoffs. They're missing so many guys. You mentioned that the, the blitzing, that does make me pause here. I don't like that against Todd Bowles. But Shaq Barrett's out too. Like, they just, they're, this is a hospital, like you said. Like, they got guys missing <laughs> everywhere. I just, I'm fading the Bucs. I'm going to, I think that, they know the bye week is gone and they're treating this last few weeks as their bye week. I think they're just going to do what they need to do. Do the old Bill Belichick thing and just like grind out a win, run the ball, keep the clock moving, get out of here and get to next week and get to the playoffs. So I, I think the Bucs do win. I'm not worried about that, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to back the Bucs. I, I can't really back the Jets that much because it's the Jets and you scared me off with the Todd Bowles stuff. You're right about that. But I think the Jets are the better number here. Uh, my other best bet, I'm going with the Steelers, three and a half at home against the Browns. We talked about that one on the look ahead. Classic Mike Tomlin underdog spot, 72% cover rate as an underdog week five or after, 12, two and a one as an underdog at home there. Kevin Stefanski, one and nine against the spread in the division. I just think there's a classic spot to back Pittsburgh here. We'll talk about that one more on our, our next podcast preview for Monday. So We'll leave it there and I'll fill in a, a few more details there. But that is our best bets. Let's hit our look ahead for week 18 before we hit the road here. Hot rock. Blue 17. Oh, nice right. Ice cream. Jose. Blue the Raiders. Raheem, we're looking ahead. One last look ahead. What do you got for week 18? I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus six and a half to play the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to continue fading this Ravens team. And a big part of it is their secondary, which is all in the hospital. I mean, look, <laughs> you're going to have to deal with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. And this is possibly Big Benjamin's last game ever. <laughs> big Benjamin, and, I love it. <laughs> yeah, this could be his last game ever. Playoff spot on the line. Ravens can't stop a nosebleed defensive. This is probably the worst secondary in the league at this point. Six and a half between these two teams. This is typically a, a three-point game either way. And I'm not sure that these two teams are that far off. First matchup, the, the Steelers won. And the Ravens probably should have won that game and probably should have covered. But obviously you had Lamar Jackson throwing some interceptions. Maybe Lamar will be back. We don't know how he's going to play. But, I mean, with the way the secondary is going, I'm going to be fading them, especially in Big Benjamin. Possible last game. So, <laughs> I, I got to roll with it. Six and a half. Possible, possible last game unless, unless the Steelers eke into the playoffs and give us one more last game. So that's my play here. I'm with you all over Pittsburgh here. I love it. Pittsburgh is 13 to one to win the division. If the Steelers win out and if the Bengals lose to the Chiefs, like we said, we're both on the Chiefs on that one. We like the Steelers home on Monday night against the Browns. If they win their win here, then there are Bengals lost to the Browns in week 18 away from winning the division. And, and so 13 to one, I'm going to add on. That's just kind of parlaying all of our positions we got here. So I'm with you. Great spot to back the Steelers. I'm going disgusting on my look ahead pick here. <laughs> it's, it's gross. It's so gross. It's because week 18 is all about situational. 
I think that there's a chance this line drops by like 10 points if the starters decide not to really play. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers plus 16 and a half in Tampa Bay, and it's all situational. The Bucs basically at this point, they're not playing for the one seed anymore. The only way they get the one seed is they got to win out, which they will, but they've got to have two Packers losses. So if the Packers beat the Vikings Sunday night, it's over. The Bucs can't get the one seed anymore. They need a Cowboys loss. They need a Rams loss. And they got to have all the rest of that happen. And again, I just don't think that the, the Bucs think they're getting the one seed. And I don't think they really give a rip about whether the two, three, or four seed. The division's locked up. They got the home game. They know if they're healthy, they can hang with anyone. Just get healthy. Rest Tom. I think there's a chance that Tom gets announced as sitting this one out. I think there's a chance that he maybe plays a series. I think even if that doesn't happen, we might get to halftime. We know they'll schedule all these games together. And then, okay, we're at halftime. Now the Packers are up 25 on the Lions at the half. Now the Bucs pull the starters. There's, there's, I just think there's almost no way the Bucs are going to really care about this game. And, and yeah, the, all their guys are missing. Get Tom in bubble wrap. Get him to the playoffs. Panthers 16 and a half. I don't know. I might even play a little bit of money line just because I'm not sure this result is going to matter for them. And it's just such a high line. The Panthers are terrible. This is not back in the Panthers. This is just playing the number. I look for those spots. Denver at or Denver against Kansas City is another one. Philly against the Cowboys. You mentioned that one. Those are again both spots where we could see those favored teams pull off the dog or call off the dogs a little bit. But the Panthers, 60 and a half, get out of here. Tampa yeah. Bay is not going to be trying this one. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good, I think that's a really good spot to to back an underdog. I mean, a lot of these underdogs in, in week, well, 18 now. <laughs> I was gonna say week 17. Yeah. They tend to they tend to overperform. The only concern I, I have about the Panthers is it does feel like they quit to a certain extent. But yeah. I mean, other than that, if, they, if they're not playing for anything, then this number is going to come down. It's too high and you're going to get the best of it. So I'm not mad at it. Yeah, well, at least we got Cam Newton out here. It looks like Sam Darnold will be starting, but who knows by week 18, maybe we'll get all three quarterbacks out there. That's going to wrap it up for the Action Network podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to download the app and make sure to rate and review the podcast, Apple and Spotify, where it is now able to be reviewed. Don't forget to listen to Stuck and Rebound on the Six Pack. Raheem and I are back first thing Monday to wrap up week 17 and get you some uh, recap and looking ahead at a final week of football for Raheem Palmer. I'm Brandon Anderson. This has been the Action Network Podcast. Happy New Year. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you in 2022.